Uh, we've been in this season uh, talking about Advent, talking about the, the gifts of Christmas, and so far we've talked about the, the gifts of expectancy and the gifts of, of grace, and last week we talked about the gift of reconciliation. And today, this kind of final message in this series, is a, it's a message that, that's close to my heart, but may not be a message that, uh, that you frequently associate with Christmas. So I'm going to let this video kind of introduce us as we get going today.
we met. We met with lawyers and social workers and bell rings, and it took us a lot longer than nine months to jump the line. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. In my wildest dreams, I could never have imagined how God would orchestrate this for us, but he did it. You know, just the other day, God reminded me that he provided baby Jesus in a very strange way on that very first Christmas. He didn't come like everyone thought he was going to show up. He also reminded me that because of Jesus, I am his adopted child. And if he loved me as much as I love that little girl, well, I don't have to ever question his love for me. So adoption may seem like a strange theme to talk about, um, a, a strange Christmas topic, but, but let's look at what the Bible actually says. Let's look at what the New Testament says. Let's look at what Paul says in, in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Look at this with me. Paul to the Galatians says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could, what's the word? Adopt us as his very own children. There was something great that happened that night in the midst of mangers and shepherds and stars and wise men and angels singing. The birth of Jesus, God's son, was first and foremost this kind of ransom payment. Last week we talked about this, this word, uh, the, the word, the Greek word for reconciliation. Do any of you remember it? No, I didn't think so. Awesome. Glad it had this great impact on your life. The word is katalasso. Katalasso. And, and uh, it's translated reconciliation in the New Testament. But it, it means to change from one to another and katalasso means to take someone who is an enemy and make them a friend. And in this context, it is to, to buy our freedom once we were slaves. And because God sent his son to buy freedom for us, now we are free. Once you and I were slaves to sin and suffering to death, but God sent baby Jesus to buy our freedom. For what purpose? All right, I need you to help me out here. It's going to be slightly interactive. I need you to turn to the person sitting next to you. Yeah, actually do this. It's okay. Do it. We're all going to do it together. Put your hands on their shoulders. Put your hand on the shoulder of the person sitting next to you. Look deep into their eyes. And I want you to repeat after me. There's something I need to tell you. I know you've suspected for a while, but you're adopted. <laughs> be honest. How many of you have sat around that Christmas table or Thanksgiving table and thought, I must be adopted? You know this has happened. And the truth is, and the New Testament will point to this, the truth is, we all are. We are adopted. 
Look what the verse says. So for what purpose did God buy our freedom? God sent his son at just the right time to be born of a woman. He sent his son to buy freedom for us who were slaves so that he could adopt us. God sent his son Jesus so he could adopt you and adopt me as his very own children. This word adoption in the New Testament, it's used maybe a half a dozen times. And, and it's this very legal, technical word. It's not really even a, a religious word. It's a word that would have come out of the court system. And, and it basically it means to adopt someone means that whatever debts that, that child or that person had, all of those debts are canceled as they make this transition, as they move from one family into a new family. But anyone who knows anything about adoption knows that it's more than just a legal transaction. Let's look at the next couple of verses. Look at verses 6 and 7 in this same passage out of Galatians. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, read these words, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. He's done all this, and then God sent, his, sent the spirit of his own son into our hearts, prompting us to look up at God, to look into God's face, and call out to him, Abba. Now, this is an Aramaic word. It's, it's, it's translated father, but, but there's a lot more um, to this word. When, uh, when our daughter has a nightmare... And she's on the other side of the house, and she wakes up crying and screaming. She doesn't scream, Adam, Adam, Adam. She screams, Daddy, or Mommy. That's Abba. It's not this formal word. It is this word packed full of, of intimacy and, and, and dependence and trust. It's the word Jesus uses in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember this scene? Jesus, before his trial and persecution and suffering and death, goes to this garden. He goes to spend time with God. And as he's praying and sweats like blood, like this is an anxious, nervous, painful, frightening time for Christ. He looks up to heaven and he says, Abba. Abba, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And what I want you to see is that through this kind of adoption that happens through Christ coming, buying freedom for us, allowing God to adopt us into his own family, this is more, much more than just a legal transaction. He doesn't free us and then just leave us kind of to our own life. But he adopts us so that we would be family, so that we would call him daddy. So uh, our son is adopted. And uh, have I ever told you the story of the, the first time we saw a picture of our son? All right, so the story goes like this is uh, uh, we were, um, <clears throat> we, we got information from our adoption agency that 
uh, that they had a boy. They surprised us. Hey, he's two months old. I know you're expecting a three or four year old, but we have a two month old boy for you. We think it'd be perfect. Here's his medical information. Here's what we know about his history. And, and so they sent us all his information, but they didn't send us a picture. She, she said, I'm sorry, I don't have a picture yet. You're going to have to wait. As soon as I can get you a picture, we'll send you a picture. And so Amy and I are on pins and needles, right? Super anxious. A Amy is, check, check your email. Did you check your email? 200 texts a day. Did you check your email? Did you get a, did you get a picture? Because we're anxious to see this kid. We're anxious to see what he would look like. And uh, it was, um, uh, we were actually at, uh, Mickey Ruse, I think Rick's band was playing, right? Is that right? Mickey Ruse? Were any of you there? Do you remember this night? Okay, so we were there watching Rick's band play, and Amy leans over and nudges me, check your email. Did you check your email? And it came. First picture we ever got of our son was this one. Um... So confession time. <laughs> my reaction to this picture was not the same as my wife's. <laughs> I saw this picture and I was like, well, there he is. I mean, honestly, honestly, I was hesitant. I was. Um, not, not sure if, if this is a picture we should share. Not sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen in adoption. It, couldn't work, it could not work out. It could, something else could happen. Not sure. And, and it's kind of a funky looking little kid. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not exactly the one we put on all our Christmas cards. And, um, and, and I was hesitant. But my wife's reaction was totally different. Amy was just beaming. If you remember that night. I mean, just beaming. She, she grabbed my phone that had the picture on it. She started proudly showing everyone that was there, the people from our church, people not from our church. It didn't matter. <laughs> she showed it to everyone. And, and it, for me, it was, I was hesitant. But for Amy, it was love at first sight. It really was. It, it was instant, and she was instantly excited and happy, and there was no hesitation and no doubt. And I know this is no secret to you guys, but my wife is a lot more Christ-like than I am. Thank goodness. And Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter 1, look at these words. He says, even before he made the world, God loved us. And chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to, what's the word? To adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Do you see that? Even before he made the world. By his own sovereign initiative, God chose us. He fell in love with you before he ever had a picture of you or, or knew who you were. Through Jesus Christ, adopted you into his family. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. 
Can I just pause for and just take a step out for, for a second? And it, I know our world is filled with all kinds of other religions and faiths, but there is no other God like this. Can I get an amen? amen. And it seems like in the light of such a great love, chose us even before the world was made, you'd think that, that all of us would just be basking in the glow of this love. You would think that we would constantly kind of live our lives floating on a cloud, walking around like we are worth a million bucks. But it hasn't always worked that way. It's a weird thing that happens, but sometimes adopted kids have a hard time grasping the love their parents have for them. And maybe if you're like me, um, <clears throat> there have probably been times when you've given way too much space to dark thoughts of doubt or, or depression, you've given these, these dark thoughts way too much purchase in your head or in your heart or in your life. Times when you've resigned yourself to painful lies that tell you you're, you'll never be good enough as a parent. You resign yourself to ideas that you'll never be good enough or as a spouse or, or maybe you'll never be smart enough or, or maybe you've resigned yourself to believing I'm, I'm, I'm not beautiful. Maybe you resigned yourself to ideas of, of thinking I deserve to be alone or you've resigned yourself to this addiction. It's just a part of who I am. It's just the way I am. It's just the way it's going to be. Have there been times when you resigned yourself to believing that you aren't valuable? Have there been moments when, when you felt that you, you aren't special? Moments when you believe that you aren't lovable? You remember what the, the mother in the video we watched says? Do you remember what she said? She explains that she and her husband have resigned themselves to a life of never being a parent. They decided that that's the way it's going to be. And I see this happen in our world all the time. People resign. This is just the way it is. So the hardest part, uh, when Amy and I were trying to adopt, the hardest part of the process, it took us uh, about two years, all told, from start to finish. But the hardest part for us is when we finally signed on the dotted line that, yes, we want to we adopt our son, Cannon, even though you sent us a funky picture. They, he's the one we want. And we signed on the dotted line, and we began the process. And, and from the time we, we, we began the process to the time we brought him home was maybe six or seven months. And that was the hardest time for us because we were plagued with thoughts of what is our son thinking and believing right now. You see, for six months, our son lay in his crib at the transition house. And while he kind of sort of received decent care, I mean far better than, than some places, the amount of love that he received in those six months, the amount of touch, the amount of interaction was woefully insufficient. It wasn't enough. And the worst part for us being in the States and him being in Ethiopia was was that, that maybe that while lying in that crib, he would assume, while lying in that crib for six months, basically alone, he would believe that this is all there is. 
that he would learn that this is all there is to his world. He would learn, he would believe that, that this is the way it's always going to be, that, that he would always be alone, that he wasn't valuable to anyone, that we were worried that he would never, he, he would believe he would never have a family, that there was no one who wanted to hold him or love him. Locked in that crib for all those months, how could he have possibly known what Amy and I knew? You see, the truth was that Amy and I were feverishly working every single day to bring him home. That, that every thought, every breath, every moment was, was about paying the price, dedicating every, every prayer to bringing him home as quick as possible. That, that our whole purpose in life for those few months, every, literally every fiber of our being was to bring him home, to, to somehow, as soon as possible, let him know how much he was loved, that we wanted him nothing more, that we wanted nothing more to hold him, to adopt him. You see, too easily we resign ourselves to thinking and believing that somehow we are lacking or insufficient. Too easily we resign ourselves to thinking, believing this is just the way it's going to be. Things are never going to change. This is all there is. And then the God of the universe frantically working in heaven says, if you could only know, if you could only somehow realize how incredibly special you are, that I'm head over heels in love with you, that I'm willing to pay any price, I'm willing to sacrifice even my own son to bring you into my family to adopt you. If only somehow we could grasp hold of that message, what would it mean to your day? So because, uh, because we adopted and um, have connection to adoption, so occasionally people send us uh, their, their stories or send us their videos of adoptions. And uh, so I want to share with you just briefly the story of Meredith. Uh, it's, a, it's one that was sent to us. Meredith is a, is a teenager. She's in foster care. She's with her foster family in this video. And uh, their agreement was that she would live with them in foster care for six months. But today, Meredith is going to get some really exciting news. Watch this. Well, obviously, I haven't known you as well as Amy 
What do you think? I want to invite the worship team back up, and I just want to share a few final thoughts with you. On, uh, on Christmas morning, 2,000 years ago, with the help of, 
uh, of the stars in the sky with the help of, of shepherds and, and magi and angels through the birth of Jesus Christ, God sent us a message. He sent you and I a message, and it's the exact same message that that father shares with that girl. Through the birth of Jesus Christ, God says, I want this thing to be permanent. I want you to be a part of my family. And so on December 25th, we celebrate the moment God paid it all to bring us the, one he, the ones he loves, the ones he chose from the beginning, the ones he wants us to call him Abba into his forever family. This is the gift of Christmas. So this morning, if you're ready to say yes to God's invitation, then I'm just going to move to the back and we'd love to pray for you or receive you. Just invite you as, we, uh, as you stand and we sing together to respond to this message. Why don't you stand as we sing together?